0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the BlueWire podcast network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today sports media group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee, and it is position preview time. We're about a month out from training camp, so we're going to start looking down the 49ers roster and to go position by position and take a dive into the roster. Talk about what's interesting, talk about any position battles, and then whether we feel good about the team's depth at that position or not. So let's dive into it. You know, I'm glad we're talking about quarterbacks right now because we're recording this Tuesday, June 21st. I was at the Warriors parade on Monday, June 20th. And because my life is engulfed by 49ers content, I couldn't help it as I'm sitting there being rained on by blue and yellow and white confetti. Um, Will we see a 49ers parade down market in San Francisco anytime soon. And there's obviously a ton of layers to that. But I think if you were listing the things that that are gonna go into an eventual eventual 49ers Super Bowl, it would start with the quarterback. And for this group specifically, Trey Lance. And yeah. that's that's kind of where I wanna I wanna jump off in this quarterback conversation because we've been having some variation of a QB conversation with the 49ers for two years now. Right. And
2: so, I mean, what makes the warriors unique, obviously like, you know, any other great NBA team that's had any sort of extended run with multiple championships in the NBA requires great players like star transcendent players, Steph Curry, (laughs) um, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, um you know magic johnson larry bird like all these types of that like that's typically what translates to winning multiple championships in the nba the nfl is a little bit different from the nba in that it can be any given team in any season really like realistically but you need in order you need a lot to go right right like you just need a a confluence of events a, a confluence of things going right you need a roster that's really good at the right time you need um, a coach that has a system that works well with the roster. You need good health. Um, maybe you need some matchups and some things to break your way during, during the season. It it, point being is like, there's a little bit more randomness to the NFL, which creates the parody, which makes it so interesting. And I think the NFL has done a lot of that by design, But then you get to the quarterback position and you have to figure out a way to give yourself the best hand possible, right? Like there's an element of randomness and parity to winning a championship in the NFL, but more often than not, it takes great quarterback play, right? So it's not it's not at the same level of like having a transcendent star in the NBA, but it like it's of equal value because any right. team has a chance to win it where you know you can't look at the nba and say man i don't know the indiana pacers if they get hot you know they can <laughs> win a championship like that's just not how it works don't but sleep on NFL, Tyrese Halliburton, man <laughs> right my guy but if you know if you get hot in the nfl even a bad team can can win five games straight and be sure. a few playoff teams but that just doesn't quite happen to that level in the nba um but in order to prolong it over an entire season and give yourself the best chance to win a title, you have to have excellent quarterback play.
1: Right. And when you look at any preseason prognostication about what teams are going to be good, all of the top 10 teams almost always have like an elite to almost elite quarterback. Right. Like it's just, it, it's, it's why I was listening to a podcast that was doing like the best GMs and John Lynch's name didn't even come up. But bet in three years, if Trey Lance is really good and the 49ers have won a Super Bowl with largely the same roster, they just have an awesome quarterback now. All of a sudden, Kyle Shanahan is one of the two best coaches in the league and John Lynch, what a GM. And, and every player on the team all of a sudden, with, oh, look at the 49ers' depth on their roster. Jimmy Ward, underrated player. Like The quarterback just has so much gravity. Right. And we talked about this going into the NFC Championship. Like The 49ers have had a very, very good roster last year. That the Rams did as well, but it was just written off like, oh, the Rams are a better team because they have Matthew Stafford and the 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and ultimately, that,
2: that, it, it proved out, right? But, like, it but, I mean, right, Matt Stafford outplayed Jimmy Garoppolo pretty substantially, right? In the second half of that game, all right, it, so, with the exception of put, the potential Jagowski Tart interception right. that
1: he dropped. Jagowski Tart, by the way, big news, signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll have a full emergency pod out on that soon. Um. <laughs> We'll fit it on the schedule. So we're going to go through categories as we as we go through these roster uh, roster previews, overviews, overviews. We're not previewing the roster; we're overviewing, deep dives, roster deep dives. And we're going to go through the most interesting full breakdown uh, think about full breakdowns, full links. Uh, we're going to go through the most interesting part of of the position. We're going to talk about any position battles at that spot. And then whether we feel good or bad about the depth. So, the most interesting thing it, for me, and if it's not for you, then we'll talk about what you want to talk about. But the most interesting thing for me is whether Trey Lance is good. I mean, that's that's all that matters. <laughs> I, I don't we, have anything have, else have to go say. Out on a limb there. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, well, that's what I, I mean. I I, said, I don't know what else. If you're <laughs> no, I saying, don't, I know, <laughs> hey, what's interesting about a court? I, I mean, I guess you could say Jimmy Garoppolo and what happens with him. But
2: that'll happen with like long before the season starts.
1: I would think. Yeah, I'm, I'm going based off what I think right now. And I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be on the roster for training camp. If he is, then we will redo this episode and talk about what that means. But let's, let's go with the assumption that he's either traded or released before camp, which is the likely outcome here. Um, the the most interesting thing then going into camp is what does Trey Lance look like? Because okay, he looked good in OTAs and mini camp, which is fine. That's what you want. But it doesn't really mean anything. What's he look like once the pads come on? What's he look like when there's a pass rush? What's he look like in the preseason? Does he look improved at all? Um with his with his accuracy and his touch? Like there's there's gonna be things <laughs> that will notice improvement wise once he's on the field and, and playing in a game situation, preseason or regular season. And I just don't know what else could possibly outdo that as far as what you're looking for at this position.
2: Yeah, I, I think what I think what's really the most interesting thing about Trey Lance and everything surrounding him this year is just the question of, you know, how good does Trey Lance need to be? And I asked that in the context of like, I'm expecting the 49ers to be one of the most run heavy teams in the NFL, right? Like Mm -hmm. I've said that over and over again, I would be shocked if they're not top three, top five in rushing attempts or rush rate, however you want to break that down, because I think ultimately that's how Kyle Shanahan wants to win. And when you look at the roster as it's constructed, the defense should be really good. Um, The skill position players should be really good. And I would think the running game, could be one of the best in the league if they can figure out the interior offensive line spots, which makes me ask the question, like do the 49ers need Trey Lance to throw for 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns uh, this season? And I think my expectations are no, right? Like I don't think they need Trey Lance to be this all everything quarterback in his first year. You better hope not. Yeah for them to win like I I think Trey Lance can throw the ball you know 20-25 times which would be relatively low in the context of today's NFL and they run the ball really well they're a good red zone team they don't turn it over and that's the thing that Trey Lance needs to do no matter what is avoid turnovers but just play to their defense if they're going to be better on special teams that that could factor in as well but like the, the thing that's most interesting to me is just how good does Trey Lance need to be for the 49ers to, to win? And I don't think he's got to be like incredible. I think he's got to be solid. And that's a reflection of what they have on the roster around him. And I think if Trey Lance is just solid, the rest of the roster is good enough to where the Niners could win 11 games, like 12 games, you know, if he's just not turning yeah. the all over and, and making plays, um in in ways that Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't outside of structure I think the 49ers would still have a really high ceiling even if Trey Lance isn't like one of the five best quarterbacks in the league
1: yeah Jimmy Garoppolo last year was in 15 games 3,800 yards 20 touchdowns 12 interceptions and that was without the playmaking outside of structure so while there are certain things that Garoppolo could do um, that I don't think Lance will be able to do right away, just in terms of recognizing defenses. And um, Garoppolo was really good over the middle of the field, really accurate on those throws over the middle of the field. Is that something Trey Lance can do right away? I don't know, but he should help them a lot on third downs. He should help them a lot on fourth downs down near the goal line. Um, Doug Ferrar at, at the NFL Wire wrote a piece about the worst quarterbacks against different types of coverages. And he had the numbers for Jimmy Garoppolo at the goal line last year. It was two for 10 on throws at the goal line. And I think Trey Lance, I mean, could be better than that throwing it, but then he also gives him the added element at the goal line of, of his legs. And the 49ers are the best red zone team in the league last year. So I I think if, if they get there with Lance, they're going to be really, really hard to stop in the red zone, which is, um, which is a place I think that they can improve. Even if there's, even if there's a, even if there's things he doesn't do as well as Garoppolo right away. Um, I also think here's a take. If he's throwing for 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns, it's probably a disaster for the 49ers. Because it probably means they're playing from behind a lot. And Wait, say, say
2: those numbers again. Y-
1: you said 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns. I you
0: think, think that's, that's like a disaster.
1: I think for this season, because that probably means they're playing from behind a ton. I don't or think there's a scenario. or he's like an
2: MVP, a fringe MVP. Candidate. Well, okay, sure,
1: <laughs> but I think it's way more realistic that in that scenario they're having to throw a ton because they're constantly playing from behind. Yeah. Than it is like, oh hey, here's this guy who barely threw it coming into the NFL. He sat his first year, and now he's going to throw for be prime Aaron Rodgers.
2: That like, that would require the defense falling off a cliff. Right. Like, and that's a, what that's a, what, that, like going from like top five or whatever they were last year to like one of the worst in the league,
1: I right? And that's what that's what I meant by a disaster for the 49ers. Yeah. If Trey Lance can come out and do that and throw for 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns, and he's just that good in those circumstances, then cool. But it probably means they're not winning a lot of games
2: or they're the, the number one seed in the NFC.
1: or they're right or there's just the chance he's good as shit and they're just like yeah we're gonna throw it all over the yard i just don't think that's gonna happen i I, i'm of the mind that they're gonna run it a lot
2: i think this year kyle shanahan is going to try to win understanding the limitations of his quarterback right like kyle shanahan i think one of the things that makes him unique as a as a head coach is he does a very good job of tailoring schemes to what his players are good at So he's going to spend he spent the spring trying to figure out what Trey Lance is good at in practice, and he's going to have more of a sample to pull from once training camp starts, and then he's going to be able to devise an offense week to week that takes advantage of what Trey Lance is good at and tries to avoid putting him in positions to fail. He's not just going to throw Trey Lance, I don't think, not with a roster that's good enough to, to contend that went to the NFC Championship game last year. He's not going to say, hey, Trey Lance, go, you know, go throw the ball 45 times a game. And we're going to try to win that way. Like, I think this is going to be a ball control, a ball control offense that does really well with the running game on first down, puts Trey Lance in a lot of favorable positions to utilize play action. Like, you know, a lot of bubble screens to to Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Like those are not. Those are not difficult throws for Trey Lance to make or Jimmy Garoppolo, for that matter. But if one of those guys rips off a 25-yard gain and it's all coming after the catch, that's going to look great on Trey Lance's stat line. Like That's one of the reasons why Jimmy Garoppolo was among the league leaders in average yards per attempt for, right. you know, for for his time as a 49er starter was because Kyle Shanahan did such a good job of finding guys who were good after the catch and getting them the ball <laughs> in space. And I think the 49ers' skill skill position guys this year might be the best group that Shanahan's had. And it's not going to require Trey Lance to, you know, throw it 40 yards downfield every time for the offense to be effective.
1: Right. And that's going to be, that's going to be something that I'm watching really closely is, is are they utilizing his arm as a wrinkle in the offense? Like, Hey, now you have to worry about this deep shot because they're going to take it or is that something that he just leans on and doesn't take that underneath throw to Debo Samuel and instead tries to wait for Brandon Ayuk to get open downfield and make a lower percentage throw? That's, can he can he make the easy read, put it on his receiver, and then let his receivers go make plays? Like, I, I think he can, but will he do that? Will he, in a tight spot in a third and six, um, in a big moment, Will he just take that first down to Jawan Jennings at the sticks? I like can can he make those simple plays that keep the chains moving. And yeah, you want him to connect on the deep ball here and there, but I think it's going to be the plays that keep him on the field um that that are ultimately going to decide whether he has he and the 49ers offense are, are successful this year.
2: I'm also very curious, and I agree with everything you said. I'm also very curious to see like how much how comfortable Trey Lance is in those situations outside of structure, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of that is just feel and just natural playmaking ability. And, you know, we talk so much about Trey Lance's just the the fact that he hasn't played a whole lot of football going back to college, having just one season at North Dakota State. And it's like, well, he's got a lot of learning to do. There's also an element of just like, what's it look like? When he's out there, it like is he comfortable or not, like trying to make a linebacker miss in space on a third and six, right? When he has to do that. Like, is he going to is he going to feel comfortable enough in his like with the way he plays to put a move on somebody, or is he going to trip over himself? Like stuff like that that is is outside of you know what he's going to be coached to do by Kyle Shanahan, but Kyle Shanahan's gonna have to rely on Trey Lance's playmaking. Because, look, if you look at, you know, the elite quarterbacks throughout the league, a significant part of what makes them great is just their random playmaking that is beyond the the X's and O's given to them by the coaches. Right. So is Trey Lance going to is 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 his lack of overall playing time going to contribute to maybe some rust in that playmaking area? Or is he just so naturally talented that he's going to be able to pick that up pretty quickly and that was one of the things that kind of surprised me a little bit about when he played during his rookie season. It was like when he had the ball in his hands and he was running, he wasn't like a great runner. Like he didn't really make dudes. Right. His, like he can run, but he wasn't like a plus. Like, you know, he, he wasn't like a a, a weapon, Tip. I would say, as a runner. Um, so <laughs> is is that going to going to factor into his season this year and how much? Because if Trey Lance is like a really good playmaker and he turns out to be you know, like le- Russell Wilson's like on the high end, like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, those guys mm-hmm. who can just make pull plays out of their ass. That could help Trey Lance a lot when the X's and O's aren't there or when, you know, somebody misses an assignment or whatever. So I'm curious to see what yeah. that's going to look like, also.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think Russell Wilson is a good like comp for what I think he can be as a playmaker. Because it's not going to look like Lamar Jackson making guys miss in space and then just outrunning guys. I think it's going to be like, oh, he escaped the pocket and made that defensive end miss and then created space for himself. And there's Debo Samuel open down the field, or there's right. Brandon Ayuk sneaking into the second level and, and being open down the sideline for him. I think that's where we're going to see the playmaking. And then, I mean, I bet Russell Wilson has never broken a tackle. <laughs> I genuinely don't know if he's ever brought like in space. Like I know he's shed possible sacks, but like in space he runs straight and then slides as soon as anybody gets close. And, yeah. and I think that's, that's where Trey Lance can be dangerous is on a third and seven. Okay. They're rushing three and they're dropping eight, but everybody's got their back to the quarterback and now he's taking off and there's nine yards in a first down. That's, that's where I think his legs will come in way more than like on designed runs. And, um, you know, yeah. I don't have anything besides <laughs> designed runs on designed runs. Yeah, no,
2: I know what you mean. The The thing with Russell Wilson and you mentioned, I was going to say designed runs and QB keeps, but those are the same thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing about Russell Wilson and the fact that like he rarely or if ever breaks tackles, I mean, that was part of his durability, right? Like he right, was that's a, a, skill. a super durable player because he was really good at avoiding hits. Whereas you look at Trey Lance's first start in Arizona, there's that play at the goal line where he tries to drop a shoulder, I think, in, on Isaiah Simmons. And it was like, no, you, this is not, you know, this is not northeastern Arkansas state polytechnic anymore you know
1: it's a great <laughs> like, program
2: <laughs> no no disrespect to that program and all the coaches. no disrespect involved. to the jackals
1: <laughs>
2: but but like there's an element of like you know you have to be we talked about it when when we talked about what? frank or and just his ability to avoid taking big hits like that is a really important skill and particularly for a quarterback because he has to be available and that's more important than him maybe getting an extra yard or two here and that
1: It's dude, it's, he got racked up twice against Houston trying to lower his shoulder at the first down marker. It's just not going to work. And so I'm hoping in those two starts, he realized the value of self preservation. And just like you said, he's not playing against um, North Dakota state's opponents where, where he can Northern (laughs) Iowa, where he can just lower his shoulder and run through a linebacker or a safety is Northern Iowa kind of redundant or No. no. What do you mean?
2: I mean, Iowa's northern, or is it just yeah? Nord, it's like the, like northern, the northern part northern of part Iowa of the state.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's not like Iowa of the north. <laughs> okay. Fair. Anyway, sorry. It's, it's not...
2: <laughs> um, but there's there's also like a, the possibility that Trey Lance just does get stronger, right? Like Trey Lance has that a would be wild. But I mean, Trey Lance has a frame where he could probably get to like two thirty-five, two forty, and carry it fine.
1: Yeah, but also I think railroading safeties is not that good of a way to preserve yourself as a quarterback. Shout out to Cam Newton.
2: Sure, but like if you are bigger and you and you pack on good weight, you're going to be able to withstand like you know, say so you got sacked forty times in a season, right? Ooh. Like by defensive linemen. You know, I'm not. Yeah.
1: No, totally, totally. Like, Like he can
2: gain. I'm not. I'm saying he could gain weight for a lot of different reasons, aside from just trying to truck safeties, which he shouldn't be. We're in agreement. He should not be trying to truck safeties (laughs) on
1: the rig. regardless of how big he gets. Yeah, he should. Running into bodies is is not that good of a thing to do. Yeah. Um. Any position battles? I don't think there's a battle for the QBT spot. I think it's Nate Sudfelds. I think it's. They don't want. There's no way they want a rookie as his backup. No chance.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the thing with Sudfeld, he got $2 million in guarantees, which makes you think, like, yeah, that, that probably means he's a shoo-in to be the backup, but also, like, what if Brock Purdy's just better? Like, I don't... Honestly, I've watched Brock Purdy during during training camp. Like, he has... He doesn't really have physical OTAs. tools. OTAs, training sorry. Camp not sorry. training camp. OTAs. Minicamp. Um, and, like, He's very accurate. He seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. Like, I'm not saying I think this will happen, but if Brock Purdy beats out Nate Sudfeld for the backup job, I'm not gonna be like flabbergasted.
1: I'd be pretty surprised.
2: I think Brock Purdy is going to light up a bunch of future insurance salesmen in the preseason, and it's going to be a topic of discussion because nothing drives. Is he gonna be. nothing drives content for nfl fans like a third string quarterback against insurance salesmen and practice squad guys in the preseason
1: so it's i'm just that I'm and just... wide receivers on the trading block <laughs> i i just i the niners need to I, I think he's gonna win josh the marcus gordon. rush award this year yeah oh
2: yeah me too but i going back to the receiver point the niners just need to 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 sign josh gordon just at some point like i don't i it probably can't happen this year but just sign him to just like get everybody to forever shut up about right. josh Gordon because it's like right. any time oh the Niners need a receiver well josh gordon's available
1: go get josh gordon
2: <laughs> anyway sorry that was a that was a vent
1: no it's fine um future 49er odell beckham about week 10 niners need some receiver help is we'll healthy
2: we'll probably go to jacksonville
1: I hear they're shelling out the big bucks
2: for receivers. Trent Trent Baalke just will overpay for a guy coming off an ACL injury.
1: That's a, it's a great point. I'm surprised they haven't signed him already. Um and yeah, state I, income
2: taxes in Florida and all that.
1: Sure. And mm, nope, not gonna say what I was gonna say about Florida. Um <laughs> I wouldn't choose to live there personally. Um, shout out to everybody who does, though. God bless. I I just I I think it's I don't think they want a rookie quarterback as a backup for for Trey Lance and I'm not sure that Brock Purdy is going to be so much better that it's like oh man this guy has to be the backup in the event that we need a spot start. I just don't.
2: Yeah, I mean I don't feel strongly about it either way. I'm expecting uh, I'm expecting Nate Sudfeld to be the backup, but I don't think <laughs> he's good enough to where we just say like. This is get This is a sure thing.
1: So you think there is gonna be a QB two battle?
2: It wouldn't surprise me. Like I, I was really impressed by is Brock Purdy during
1: during the spring. Like I think
2: he's he's super accurate. Is this and a hill he you're gonna know where off? to go with the ball? And I think it was impressive from a seventh round quarterback because so often you see those guys and it's like, God, this guy doesn't even deserve reps. But like Brock Purdy like looked like he belonged,
1: is all I'm saying. Gritty. He's gritty. I mean, we know. Bonafide how... dirt dog. <sighs> I'm just saying, man, we saw what this is. this. There's you heard Nick, it. There's here. some
2: Nick Mullins, Nick Mullins type stuff with Brock Purdy. All
1: right. And Nick Mullins was on the practice squad his first year. He was He's going to he's on that Nick Mullins track. He might watch be. out. Watch Dude, Dude. It's the The league better hope. <laughs> <laughs> I love the I love the idea that you're just the number one Brock Purdy stand. Like everyone else is out there taking notes on other stuff, and you're just like, "Wow, this Brock guy,
2: he just really gets it going." Must win game, Trey Lance or Brock Purdy?
1: My column. <laughs> I'm just saying, Brock Purdy's a more experienced passer. Yeah, <laughs> he is.
2: <laughs> How many? Brock Purdy had 1,400 pass attempts in college at the FBS level. Uh, yeah, at the real D1 level, not some double-A stuff. Although... The Tri-Lands have like 400 college pass attempts, something
1: like that. 318, I think, is the, is okay. the number. Anyways. um, <laughs> I think here's the problem with the QB2 stuff. Like, we're being serious, but it's also a little bit tongue-in-cheek. But also, the QB2 conversation, just the NFL-wide became super skewed by Nick Foles. All of a sudden, there's this like dream scenario where it's like starting quarterback goes down, but we still win the Super Bowl because we have an awesome backup quarterback. And that's just not a thing. That happened to the Eagles and Nick Foles because Cody Parkey banged a field goal off the uprights twice. Right. I mean, I I don't it's like playing
2: blackjack and, and you get Delta six and then you just hit and then you get 21 after like seven cards.
1: Right. And then being like, I'm hitting on a, I'm hitting on this every time. Right. So yeah, I, I don't, um, I just feel like the, that whole conversation of like, Oh, who's going to be the better quarterback. If, if, if Trey Lance goes down, can one of these guys win? Like, Are the Packers or bills or chiefs? Or any team with a great quarterback worried about what happens if their QB one goes down? Like no, <laughs>
2: the answer is no. Because you mean because like no matter what they're not going to be able to win because like obviously right. they don't want their quarterbacks. to get
1: down. Right, right, right. But they don't. They're not like contingency planning. Like oh, we need a good backup in case Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. Like no, they're rolling with Jordan Love, who they don't even like.
2: Right. More often, who's the teams- Bills'
1: backup? uh don't know um is it i think it's still chad henny in kansas city yeah
2: like is it matt barkley is matt barkley in it
1: might be matt barkley okay he's so, in the room for sure which, whether he's qb2 i don't know
2: which points to like i think a lot of teams more so than like okay, will this backup quarterback keep our season alive? Because they know that's kind of like a ridiculous way to approach it because he wouldn't be a backup if he was good enough to like, for you to feel awesome about keeping your season alive, right? Like realistically.
1: Yeah, right.
2: A lot of NFL teams value like who can be the really good teammate, like the teacher's assistant for the starting quarterback, right? Like who's going to be, who's not going to try to undermine the starter? Who's going to help the starter with, you know, breaking down film and scouting reports and all that stuff. Right. Like they're like, it's the behind the scenes stuff. Like how can that guy help the quarterback, the starter be the best guy he can be. And that, that guy might is, I mean, that guy is certainly Nate Sudfeld in comparison to Brock right. Purdy, a rookie, which is, right. which is a fair point. All I'm saying is I've seen enough from Brock Purdy to be optimistic about his future wow. as a backup quarterback in the NFL
1: are you reporting this <clears throat>
2: yes all caps report colon. i'm
1: aggra- i am aggregating the <laughs> heck out of this
2: beaterman thinks brock purdy could eventually be a solid backup <laughs> quarterback full link <length>. was- <laughs> that would what was- <laughs> get i'll get like four four heart clicks on on the twitter
1: yeah i think so um i also what did what did dan burgler have his comp Like Colt McCoy. Oh, yeah. Ceiling is Colt McCoy.
2: Yeah. Colt McCoy ceiling. Like you would take that. He he projects as a potential NFL backup with a Colt McCoy like ceiling.
1: If Brock Purdy has Colt McCoy's career, shout out to Brock Purdy. And that's a great pick by the 49ers. Yeah. Last pick in the draft. And you got a guy who's just going to be your backup for 10 years and you feel okay if he's in the game.
2: Cool. I'll McCoy. wanted. want to. You're talking me into Brock Purdy. Colt McCoy won a road game against a team that went to the NFC championship game last year. It's
1: a great point. It's no small thing.
2: Shouts to Drake and Patrick.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Get started at one of our local financial centers or twenty four seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Yeah. Totally. Um, <laughs> good or bad depth at the quarterback position.
2: Um, if Trey Lance gets hurt, they're they're screwed. But like to your point, if ninety percent 90 to 95 percent of the league's teams lost their starting quarterback they'd be screwed so i would put the 49ers within that category um but i think in terms of like being a quality human and teammate and somebody who's really going to help trey lance i think nate sudfeld is is the guy for the job
1: i think it's fine their quarterback depth is fine no team with a good quarterback has ever gone into the year being like our qbt is not good enough and that's just not a thing that happens if trey <laughs> lance feel... is good if trey lance is good the 49ers will have good quarterback depth if he's not they're gonna have bad quarterback depth. that's it
2: yeah i mean ideally they wouldn't have to even mm-hmm. broach the idea of like do we have a good quarterback
1: right yeah. right yeah yeah it's fine
2: it's which is like notable. I mean, Trey Lance did spend some time in the spring talking about how he's back to throwing normal because he couldn't really throw normal last year after his thumb injury, which happened in the preseason. Right. Mm-hmm. And then his first start, he injured his in knee, finger?
1: middle finger, one of his fingers,
2: one of the fingers on his throwing hand. I, uh, yeah, I don't remember. I don't want to, I don't want to speculate. Um, but yeah, I mean, injuries, injuries are something to at least they like they need to be on everybody's radar because he did deal with two of them. And he said he didn't. He couldn't throw the ball like he normally would be able to throughout his entire rookie season because of that preseason thumb injury or finger injury. Sorry,
1: right index finger mm-hmm. per Google. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. How was? Yeah, uh, how um, was?
2: Can we? Was can great. we transition to the parade? I haven't heard anything about the parade from you.
1: It was a phenomenal time. We're transitioning to light minutes. Subscribe rate review to Candlestick Chronicles if you don't want to hear us talk about basketball. Okay. Um, yeah, I, uh, I had an incredible time. I was there with my job, my other job. Um, we were on site broadcasting, which just was a lot of me kind of standing around and enjoying the festivities. And the atmosphere was... I got into the city about 6.30 and there were already people lined up for this 1120 parade um
2: 6 30 in the morning
1: yeah 6 30 in the morning wow that's um fun. yeah there were people like like lined up with chairs doing the whole thing uh we were down right at the start of the route so got to see pretty much everything uh there were confetti cannons right near us so we're getting rained on by confetti the atmosphere starting at about 8 or eight thirty was just electric i mean people chanting there were signs and um horns and different uh different musical instruments being played and it was just a huge freaking party and you could tell like people just rock with this warriors team in a way that it- it's like it's rare it's it it's i mean gp2 got off the bus shirtless with a super soaker and people just loved it. And Juan Toscano Anderson, who barely played in the playoffs, is out there, you know, getting a ton of love from the fans. He's a Bay Area guy. Um, Draymond was Draymond. He was on one. Um, I mean, at one point, Clay Thompson posted this video. of It's like a selfie video. And people had just breached the parade route and were just walking up market behind Clay and it is just this wall of people as far back as you can see. Yeah. And no and and the
2: video is incredible when that happens when it's just like like it looks like it's 50,000 just people on market street and clay holds up the trophy and everybody goes nuts like that is an epic video.
1: It's incredible. And when he first like leans back it looks like he's falling into a sea of people. Yeah. It's it's really really cool. You got to check it out if you haven't seen it. Uh, but it was, it, I think the thing that stuck out the most to me is I saw zero conflicts. I saw zero problems. Um Nobody was out there to, to hate. Nobody was out there to, you know, be a jerk. Um, everybody was just there to party and have a good time and celebrate this awesome championship that the Warriors won. And um, it was just, it was a, it was a, good ass it was a good ass time good sports moment right really as, good sports moment
2: as somebody who's been going to warriors games i've been on the warriors bandwagon for about 30 i would say 30 years like i'm not that old but like i've been going to games since i was like a kindergartner pretty much <laughs> um this i think this is my favorite championship of the four that yeah. they have gotten in my lifetime mm-hmm. and like the reasons are pretty clear like Steph being the best player on like unquestionably the best player in the finals and getting it and having that game for performance that basically tilted the series after Boston felt in control when they went up to one. Um, and then just the way I don't know, man, like you hear everybody talk about it and it's corny and like I'll admit like I'm a Warriors fan. I don't like talking about fandom like publicly on the record. But like Mm -hmm. given that I don't cover the Warriors at all, I feel okay talking about it. It's just wild to see how far the Warriors have come from the Bob Sura, Foyle, Antoine Jameson, Nick Van Exel, Todd Fuller
1: a Fulton, bunch of guys Spencer, that were like a it's, bunch of guys that were fan favorites like low-key ironically
2: right like the Warriors fans were such good fans that they like picked these dudes who really weren't good players but had some quirky things about them and they just like latched on to that type of stuff right and now it's like they can latch on to all the quirky things while winning at like a, an historic rate yeah it's it's really wild so like the Warriors used to be the laughing like one of the laughing stocks of the league you know my dad and I would often go just to see like the best teams Mm -hmm. um come in and play the Warriors we're Warriors fans obviously but like I remember we drove down to San Jose to see Michael Jordan um play the Warriors when they're renovating the the arena in Oakland had to be what 97 98 something like that um but like they were the laughing stock of the league, like Warriors. It's a great time out, like those terrible commercials and like the Thunder logo, which like in hindsight, those those uniforms are kind of fire, like the second iteration of them, like the lightning bolt down the side. They're so um, sick. I, I don't know. Yeah,
1: I'm a big fan, but even Anything like, the... with the with that logo on it, I'm buying it. <laughs>
2: But it the Warriors used to be one of the laughing stocks of the league. They were one of the worst run organizations in sports, and now they are, like, probably the model organization, literally, in all of sports. Yeah. Like, it's I don't think it's hyperbolic to say. Like, they're making more money than anybody. They're spending more money than anybody and they're winning more than anybody and they've done it with a core that they've pretty much drafted <clears throat> with the exception, and a couple guys they added via trades. Yeah. So, it's wild to see that They've come so far because they were so bad for so long that like, I just want to reiterate that it should not be taken for granted how insane the Warriors' run has been.
1: I, I tweeted this, so if this is redundant for you, sorry. This run has been going on this long. Okay. This time between championship number one and championship number four Is the same span of time from, we believe, to championship number one. When they won their first title, we believe felt like a million years, like in the past. Yeah. It felt so long ago. Yeah. And now they're at this stretch of time where they have been at the top of the league, like the pinnacle of the league, when healthy for basically that same stretch of time. Can I push and back? That's ridiculous. Yeah, that is ridiculous.
2: Can, can I push back on one of the dumbest takes I heard? Um, I think it was at one point during the playoffs that just like like really just, just pissed me off. Grinded your gears. Grinded my gears. I heard a take that people said Warriors fans enjoyed the We Believe team more. Oh no, someone asked a question like which No, there were this is how it went. There was a take. I remember now. There was a take that said Warriors fans should enjoy the We Believe team more than the Kevin Durant championships. That's dumb. It was like one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. Like they won one series. Kevin Durant brought two titles. Kevin Durant joined this team and made it one of the best teams, if not the best team any observer of basketball has ever seen. Right. Like it's insane to me that people are like, oh, like, Like the Warriors had like Kevin Durant joining the Warriors. He had a chance to be like, yeah, let's make the best team ever. And people scoff at that like it's some stupid idea and like, oh, you should be more selfish and care more more about his legacy than winning championships. That's the thing like the, the the thing that I think gets underrated about Steph Curry. Like people look at kevin durant joining the warriors as a way to sort of tarnish steph's legacy where it's like i think it enhances steph's legacy because steph was willing to allow kevin durant to do it and take his shine away and potentially quote-unquote impact his legacy like to me to me steph steph deserves more credit for being willing to do that and succeeding because as we've seen kevin durant can go to another team join other star players and they crash and burn
1: He's won the same amount of playoff series since he left Golden State as Golden State has won titles. Yeah. And that and here's the other thing. It just because I like Kevin Durant. I don't want this to be I don't I'm not knocking Kevin Durant. I do too. I'm knocking the dis, the discourse. Right. NBA the, discourse dude, me they're nuts. the only, they're the only two players, Steph and KD, the only two players in history who get dinged for being on a great team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is, is Larry Bird's legacy tarnished because he didn't leave the stacked Celtics team to go win a title by himself somewhere? No, nobody says that. And nobody, nobody wins, says that.
2: And nobody wins titles by themselves either.
1: That's just not a thing that happens. Nobody says, hey, you know, Magic Johnson, he's not one of the best point guards of all time because look at his teammates. That's not a thing that happens
2: we rate the great players by how many titles they win. And if they don't win titles, they're well outside that list. Like where's Allen right. Iverson, right? Like where's we Charles Barkley. Say, uh, yeah. Everybody respects the hell out. of Allen Iverson. Cause he never had any help. Well, you know what? He also never had any
1: championships. Right. Right. And just, I mean, look at Barkley was a monster when he played Charles Barkley was unbelievable, but he's just not in that conversation because hey, he didn't have a, t- didn't have a ring. Brandon and Michael Jordan. <laughs> Sorry, man. So so we're going to ding.
2: Shit. We got to ding players for. Yeah, we're, to, we're to the point where it's how
1: you win your rings.
2: Right. You have to you have to walk in the snow uphill both ways. Right. Do it with, you know, 200 pounds in your backpack. Uh, you got to go work a job before
1: school, after school. You got to feed your family of 20. And it's the only sport. <laughs> it's the only sport where that happens. Yeah. Nobody's going like, hey. Trey Lance's legacy isn't going to be very good because the Niners they traded for Trent Williams. Right, right. Well, just... you know
2: what? Bill Walsh is kind of overrated because he had Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. Like nobody does that. That's not, not a thing. That's not a thing.
1: It's so dumb. <laughs> basketball <laughs> yeah. discourse sucks.
2: Basketball discourse mostly sucks. We
1: are the two, we are the only two smart basketball fans. No,
2: us and Sam is oh, and, and Andy Lou and and all the goons. Mm-hmm. Shout out! Shout out to them for uh, for killing it throughout the the championship run again. Just it's, it's unbelievable just been a joy, it's and been a joy to listen.
1: And Andy has just been a delight on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so good, really good. Okay, really good. let's. Jump, gonna let's go jump now. out of here.
2: Yeah, I got a flight in a couple hours. I'm taking a red eye. I'm nervous. I haven't been on a red eye flight in years. I'm not. Okay. I mean, I'm not really nervous, but I'm like. I'm a little, you're
1: big you're very in touch with like your your body cycles and stuff so i'm very interested to see body you, cycles Jesus. yeah dude yes. your nutrition <laughs> your your nutrition and your sleep schedule. like you are you're big on that stuff
2: i'm big on self-care i don't know about body cycles that doesn't really apply to me
1: <laughs> i meant like <laughs> I meant like sleep cycles and your oh, sure. digestion yeah. well, and things like that like you're oh, bro yeah You're big into that. I mean, you're just pounding water right now.
2: I'm pounding water, dude. It was, I mean, it's 105 degrees in Sacramento right now. Like if I'm not pounding water. I read on the internet
1: one time that a good way to beat jet lag is by pounding hell of water.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I also played a round of golf today and it was hot. So I'm like rehydrating after that. Totally. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's the water to rehydrate plus the water that you're going to need to adequately adjust to the time change.
2: And like, you know, flying's dehydrating just in general, being on planes. Yeah totally so all right man
1: do hydrate
2: see how you feel <laughs> <laughs> maybe okay, like a goodbye, candle or two <laughs> I, dude they've been lit <laughs> that was a shot i'm sorry i didn't
1: mean to take a shot no that's honestly no that's not a shot i have no shame okay in the amount of candles i like you know why because when people walk into my home they go well it smells great in here well, thank you yeah when people walk in my home is that japanese cherry blossom and coconut yeah it is
2: (laughs) people see me they're like man you look hydrated
1: (laughs) (laughs) your house smells like shit but dude (laughs) super hydrated Uh, all right let's get out of here goodbye everybody